0: From the PSIA ASI Mobile Studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas, and we've got a great guest for you tonight, Jonathan Ballou. Jonathan, it's always great to talk to you, and I know people love listening to you.
1: George, thanks for having me back on.
0: So we had someone contact us, and we'd really like for our membership to um, take a cue from this, and if there's a topic that you would like to hear discussed on First Chair, please let us know, we'd really like to have your input. Chris Kosilia from uh, Vail wrote, and he specifically asked to hear from Jonathan Ballou about updates on the ISIA stamp and card, uh, and also an event that was held in Aspen, which we'll get into in a minute. Can you explain what Chris means by the ISIA stamp and the ISIA ISIA card?
1: Well, uh, I'm going to do my best here. And Chris, thanks for uh, for, uh, uh, asking about this. So... Let's start with what ISIA is. ISIA is, uh, translated to English the International Ski Instructors Association. Um, uh, for all intents and purposes, let's call it the governing body of, uh, uh Ski Instruction Internationally, right? It's like FIS is Federation International for Ski. It, it does, uh, the competitive side. ISIA creates, um, standards that we comply to, like this does in racing, but that we comply to, um, skill structures to uh recognize qualifications across borders um for many of our membership this is irrelevant because we don't necessarily transfer uh qualifications from one country to another but it's not that dissimilar to what we do on a national level psia has national standards right we have one two and three we have of different divisions of different disciplines from alpine to uh, adaptive snowboard to to to, adaptive children's to freestyle etc right um what happens here is that uh you qualified in the rocky mountain or you get qualified in the east or you qualified in the northwest or northern intermountain and they all adhere to the same standards therefore if Person A takes their Level 2 or Level 3 certification and moves from um, uh, uh, Eldora to um, uh, Big Bear, Eldora in Colorado to Big Bear in California, they are still recognized as a Level 2 or Level 3 or whatever they have. So that's a big part of what PSIA does. What ISIA does, International Ski Instruction Association, is does the same thing on an international level. Now, each of these little... Entities like PSI or CSI in Canada or BASI in in Britain or NSIA in New Zealand um, have very different structures. So it would be impractical for ISIA to to categorize every single level because some of these things have like twelve levels, like in France or something like that, um, and some only have one level. Italy has one single level, and it takes two years to become a ski instructor, two years of study to become a ski instructor, and you get one single level of it, there's no no such thing as one, well, actually there is, there's level one, which is, like, being an examiner here, (laughs) that's what you get. So, ISI doesn't look at all the levels, it looks at, it used to look at one level, which is... The stamp level, the stamp, if you had the ISI stamp when I was coming up, if you had the ISI stamp, you got it at level three with a few other little things and that got you the ability to travel around. There's some cool stuff you used to get with that. Like in the late 2000s with my ISI stamp, I skied free in Germany for a week. I skied for the price of my deposit on my card, three euros to get my my pass and I skied every day for like a week including uh the lift the gbd and it was it was amazing i get 60 off in certain places in, in switzerland i get you're 90 percent off in certain places in in austria and that's what you got with the stamp now because of uh uh certain politics people moving around and questions on quality ISI i did some actually really good stuff and they created uh, multiple levels good on them for that they said okay you can have level a and level b level a is the stamp we've got that what we want is to push the profession uh, uh to another level now if you know me i'm all about excellence so pushing the profession is a-okay in my book so um what isa did is they created and i can't remember exactly what it was it was around 10, 11 years ago in that range. It was sometime between, I want to say 2006 and 2009. I can't remember exactly what it was. They created another level called the Card Level. Now, the Card Level has more components than the Stamp Level. The U.S. has always been able to do the Stamp Level. I should probably back up and say, the U.S. can get the Stamp at Level 3. <laughs> now the Card Level has a bunch of other stuff to it, such as you have to pass a, um, a mountain security test, which is means avalanche awareness and guiding components. Not full on way back country guiding, but basic understanding of the mountain uh, awareness and, and route out planning, and um, basically equivalent to say area level um, uh, two. You, you have to have an exemplary level of understanding and technical information and ability to ski, which is above the stamp level, so above level three uh there's uh additional requirements for second language so being able to teach in multiple languages which is really important outside of the u.s uh you must a person must be able to uh teach to um a uh, a, a certain level i think it's a intermediate level at a at a second discipline be it um adaptive or uh, nordic or telemark or or snowboard and the other one is which is what chris specifically asked about they must be able to pace to uh to be able to pass an objective uh skiing standard which is a challenging one right
0: i would imagine
1: (laughs) i mean okay george how many exams have you been to in skiing a lot (laughs) okay i'm gonna take no offense uh, no offense to this were your examiners objective or subjective in their evaluation of your skin?
0: My feeling was they were objective.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I'm an examiner. I'm going to just tell you right now. That's not true. We were totally subjective. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're like as subjective as uh, figure skating. <laughs> 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 Well, let's be clear. We're looking at, it's like watching mobile skiing or watching figure skiing. We're watching a performance, and we've got criteria that guide us to an outcome, and we've got a past history that guide us to an outcome, and a shared value system that guide us to an outcome. But it's not objective. I'm, I'm an examiner, and I'm working with my examiner next to me, Kip Ertl or whoever it is, and we, we are trying to make the best decision we can, but we don't have objective criteria. We have good criteria, but it's not objective. Um, so what is objective in skiing? Uh, time, time is objective in skiing. Ski racing is objective. Get to the bottom at a certain pace, certain speed on a, uh, terrain that is buffed and meets a standard on a homologated run, meaning, uh, the vertical height, pitch and number of gates, uh, the drop pitch number of gates, uh, and offset are all predefined it gets pretty close to objective, so that's one of the things in the ISI card criteria.
0: Ah,
1: it's just another measure to enhance the quality of the uh, of the assessment to create objective criteria for yet another higher level. Well, a number of us for a long period of time wanted the u.s to be able to uh get to this this upper level not just be able to get the stamp level but get the card level and i want to say a number of us there was nobody against it everybody kind of wanted it the question is how do you do it and where's the relevance well i would say in the last seven eight years the u.s has become uh partly because of uh dave schuling and Dick's leadership and Mike Rogan and a lot of other people that and Mike Porter you, know, you go way back but there's a there's a lot of people who've been pushing this and at Sogard um we've had really successful air skis and successful conferences with other countries and uh the U.S. has become more a presence in um Uh, in the global world of skiing. Some of that has to do with changes in the global world of skiing, of just uh, 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 political things that happen in Europe and and around. But we've become more active. um, And becoming more active in the last few years, um, a number of us, Dave Schuling and Nick, and the International Task Force, which has, uh, uh, I'm going to miss everybody's name that's on that, so I'm not going to name everybody, but it's got a bunch of team members like... on it and uh, 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 anyway we've talked about how to become more uh more involved and one of the things to become more involved and influential is to ensure that we have the ability to offer um the opportunity for our membership to acquire that top level international qualification of the card and not just the stamp now as we talk about that what we're not talking about and this is one of the fears that some people might come to, we're not talking about changing the standard of level three and raising it higher or, or making it harder. That That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is an opportunity for those who wish to seek greater professional development and maybe the opportunity to operate on the international stage a little more um, through our organization to not have to go to another one. So to do that, a number of people... Um, Everybody I just mentioned, Dave really took a lead on this one with Nick's support and a number of other people created a, 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 a reevaluation of how we look at the stamp criteria and how we look at the card criteria to align it with the current international standards.
0: So what you've got me thinking now, especially when you were talking with the objective, which thank you for your honesty on that, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> so in aspen you had this the technique test with the the fist style gs so yes obviously that was very fitting or or very much fit what you were just describing because i am i'm assuming people who did that were on fist style skis totally okay
1: so let's talk about that one to get we did an alignment uh, a couple years ago, uh, is the documents online at the org. I don't know exactly which link it's under, but it's there. Um, it lines out what you have to do to be able to get the stamp now. And there are certain components you have to do like, you have to be a level three and you have to have certain components alongside a level three, like a level one in another, in another discipline. You have to put have basic international, uh, sec- secondary language, um, uh, you have to have some basic mountain awareness, like an area level one. But if you want to get to the card level, so the, the, the top level international one, and I, again, that's not the, to get to your level three. That's to get the ISI stamp right. in conjunction with your level three. This is additions to that. We're not trying to change our internal processes. We're talking about how we enhance our external international opportunities. To get to the card level, you have to do a little more. You have to do uh, uh, some stuff beyond Level 3, like trainer-level qualifications or uh, enhanced certifications like CS, CS2 one, and FS1. Those all count towards that. Um, examiner training or trainer training or National Academy things all count towards that. You also have to get to, at the moment, we're evaluating this one still, but an ARI, Level 2. So a little more of a comprehensive backcountry uh, um, uh, qualification um you have to have a, a uh, i think i said this but you have to have a level 2 and a second discipline which gives you a more comprehensive ability to to teach another aspect of snow sports and one of the primary things that's differentiating between ISA stamp and ISI card is what's called the uh, technique test which is what you just described it's the is or colloquially known as the isi speed test it's well, George, it's just really cool.
0: It sounds the, like a blast.
1: <laughs> it is a full-on FIS homologated GS course, not set to like World Cup standards, but like a master's course, right. which is what we did in, 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 uh, in, 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 uh, in Aspen. And you don't have to race it in a speed suit. You don't have to race it on GS skis. I will say this. I've participated in a number of these. I've never seen anybody pass it without being in a full speed suit and full GS skis with good tuning and some, some training. But you don't have to do that. Um, but it's set up as a, um, you're going to race. And there's a. T- it's not about who wins. It's about meeting a certain time based on a pace setter who has a certain number of points. Or a multiple is four pace setters who have a certain number of points in an average time of that group.
0: So it's taking NASTAR basically to a much higher level.
1: Oh yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's 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 fifth level, it's fifth level NASTAR, and it, you know, we had we we ran the first one of those in Aspen this year. Uh, we had I'm gonna. Mess up on the number because it's the middle of summer and I'm staring at my paddle boards and my bicycle, thinking about skiing right now. But it was it was in the mid 20s as to how many people showed up, and I think we had six or seven be successful. Um, given we hadn't had a lot of training, that that's that's not a bad number. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them I went to in New Zealand. Uh, we had 30 or 40, and uh, three of us were successful. So we, we did we did quite well here, um, and with a bit of training, we'll we'll do even better. Um, we did it on uh, Thunderbolt Goldenhorn, which is one of the one of the the, the multiple homologated runs in Snowmass. We had uh, TD fist TD set it, just like they had set, very similar to what they had set in the uh, the, the fist Masters race. So not a World Cup set, or even a uh, a high level, you know, younger kid set, but you know, an adult set. So very skiable, um, and we had twenty some odd. Super high-end ski instructors having a good time in speed suits and on race skis, trying to go as fast as they could, and it was awesome.
0: So, what is the overall response to this from other areas that you're seeing? I mean, obviously Aspen, you, I, I can totally see that working there, and and a lot of interest in this. It, is it a big priority with a lot of our membership?
1: You know, we didn't do this. To push everybody in the membership to do this, um, we did this because there's a because we should do it. It's one of those things you do not because it pushes the industry or makes or or, or enhances what uh, what everybody in the industry wants to do. That's one of the great things about the organization. We have a bit of something for everybody, and this was just a bit of a gap. You get to level three, you get past that. You don't want to be an examiner, but you want to work overseas you want to you want to work you work in the international community first of all it's a very small portion of our membership but but there was something in the world that uh in the, in the in the world of ski instruction that was available to members of other associations that wasn't quite available to ours and that didn't feel right to us so we worked on a pro on a program for the last couple of years to make sure that this process was available to to our membership for those who wanted it but we're not trying to force it down anybody's throat
0: Jonathan anything you'd like to add in conclusion
1: um Racing's really fun, and everybody should do it.
0: <laughs> I was going <laughs> to no, no, no. say, it's after what you just said, I don't even want to ask. So
1: much, Nick actually showed up at, the, at the, the Aspen event, and we had so much fun doing it. We started talking about, I'm going to put him on the spot right here, because we talked about it, and, and you know, I need to, to, to regroup on this, but we talked about creating like a national ski instructor competition that has that that component built into it, uh, where we run it you know, annually with a GS Race, a party <laughs> <And> <laughs> I love it. the uh, the ISI test is 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 the ISI ski test is a component of that for those who wish to participate um, this is I think that you know um, as much as I want this to go huge and become a giant part of what we do uh, you know it affects a small number of people um, objectively but more than that you know ski racing is a is a part of our heritage it's part of who we are. It's where a lot of what we do comes from. You look at what Michael Rogan and Dave Lyons and, and Eric Lifton and Robin Barnes and more people than I can name right now have done with the U.S. ski team um, to create relationships there. Uh, and then you go you know, deeper than that. Uh, we, get, we take a lot of what we do from ski racing. We add to it. And um, we, it's in our DNA. John. Adding this little bit into ski instruction is just a, another way for us to participate and expand our, expand our horizons. And uh, I'd love to see more and more of our membership participate, whether it's for to get the qualification or just to have a great time and celebrate a part of what we do. It would be fantastic.
0: Well, Chris, I hope we have addressed your uh, questions in full Jonathan it's always great chatting skiing with you even with the bike and the paddleboard there uh, <laughs> this has been a lot of fun <laughs> so Jonathan Ballou thanks so much for joining us on first chair really appreciate it pleasure
1: George always a pleasure thank you George.
0: from the PSI ASI mobile studios in Boulder Colorado I'm George Thomas